go from there. So, all right, awesome. So, welcome, guys. I have an amazing guest. Uh, his name is Austin First. Uh, you might know him as Everyday T1D on Instagram, and uh, actually, that's how I met him. So, welcome to the Type One Podcast, Austin. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be on. Yeah, it's actually the first time we've actually connected, like talking face, like not face to face, but like computer to computer yeah. instead of like on like Instagram or anything like that. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's crazy. Yeah. So um, I would love to, yeah, I would love to have let people know about your, like pretty much how you got diagnosed and throughout like the time of you got diagnosed, like how your parents handled it and everything like that. So take yeah. it away. Um, so I was, I was diagnosed when I was two. Uh, so I was, I was really, really little. Um, and the, the short version of the story is I kept um, king in my bed. Um, because obviously urination is a, is a symptom of high blood sugar and diabetes. Um, and my parents thought I was just kind of being a brat. Um, I kept asking for, for more milk, more milk, more milk, because uh, that was my favorite drink at the time. And there's like, what, what is, what is this kid's deal? Like, why is he, why is he all want all this stuff? Why is he peeing? Like, um, and they, they thought I was just like being a turd. Um, but I turned and kept persisting, and so my uh, my dad, his side of the family is filled with diabetes. Um, I have three uncles with all type one and five cousins with type one. Wow! Um, and so I don't know why I didn't click in this head uh, earlier, um, but eventually uh, they took me to the doctor, um, and they're like, "Hey, this kid has diabetes." Um, you should probably take them to the hospital. Um, and I think my butcher was like 640 or something like that. Um, and then an era was began and I was born, or I was born with diabetes, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so that's, that's kind of how I was, I, I was diagnosed. I was, I don't remember most of it because I was obviously a baby, um, but I will never let my parents live down the fact that they thought I was a brat. Um, <laughs> but, but man, I guess my parents have done an awesome job just taking care of me and, and teaching me how to um, be, be in the pain with my diabetes. I gave myself my first shot when I was four. Uh, I couldn't help. Um, I learned how to draw and count carbs, um, draw and count carbs when I was five. Um, and ever since then, I've been kind of doing my thing. Um, and I think that really, really helped me uh, not be like dependent on them to take care of me. You know, so like when I was in middle school and high school, I was doing my own thing. Um, sometimes that wasn't the greatest idea. Um, but, uh, Oh, I yeah. So when you when you were a teenager, did you have like the times that like oh like I don't want to be diabetic anymore, so like I don't want to take insulin anymore, or like get the burnout or whatnot? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely did. Um, I think I think like seventh and eighth grade was the hardest for me um, because like I was I was going through puberty and you're at that age where you're trying to figure yourself out and you're like. Well, what am I like who am I like 
and I just wanted to be normal. You know, I didn't want to stick out. I didn't want to um, have to um, like not do anything because of my diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, I was like, maybe if I just stop like taking care of myself and pretending I have diabetes or depending or pretending that I'm fine, then I won't have to do any of that and I'll be normal. Um, and I, during that time, I would lie to my parents about my blood sugars. They go, oh, what's your blood sugar? And I'd be like, I'm 116. Um, be like, oh, that's great. Did you give yourself your insulin? I'm like, yeah, of course I did. Why would I not? Um, and so it was, it was a really, really rough phase. Um, and eventually, um, I went to the endo to get my, my appointment and my A1C and all that. And my A1C was like 12. Um, and I, they looked at, at my, my log book, what I'd written down, what my parents wrote down. Um, and at A1C, and they're like, well, someone's lying, and I don't think it's your parents. Uh, um, and so like, that was a, a big wake-up call, and they kind of explained to me what happens when you don't take care of yourself. Um, and I obviously wanted to live the best life I could. Um, and so I figured, why not just start taking care of myself and um, not have to worry about the consequences. Yeah, yeah. So, so for me, I got diagnosed at like my thirty fourth birthday, like like the thirty right before my thirty fifth birthday. So, I don't have the you know yeah, wow. during, during puberty or anything like that. So the only way I found out was my yeah. pre employment screening to the hospital I used to work at, like probably like four or five years ago. So, and it was shocking because there's nobody in my wow. family. Yeah, there's nobody in my family that has diabetes. And when I went to this um, the pre employment screening, they do like a blood work called Strong for Life. And they check my blood sugar, and they're like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Well, what do you mean?" They're like, "Your blood sugar is 390 right now." And I'm like, "They're like, what'd you have for breakfast?" I'm like, "I don't know, like two bowls of cereal." And then they weighed me; I was like 21 pounds less, and I was like, "I don't know what the hell's going on." And then I got a glucometer and did like the 12-hour fast, and I was I was 271 for my 12-hour fast, and I was like. Yeah, this is not good. And my wife, I didn't have insurance yet. So my wife's like, do you really need to go to the endocrinologist right now? And I'm like, uh, yes, I do. Because I don't, I, I, like, I need insulin and all that wow, stuff. And that's, so, that's insane. Yeah, so that's that's how I got diagnosed. Wow. It was, it's it's crazy. Because even my parents were like, you know, there was, I felt like when you were, like, before you moved down south to Georgia, it looked like you're, like, really skinny and you were drinking a lot of water. So, and, like, and I didn't put two and two together because you know I was moved. We moved yeah. during the summertime, and it was like Georgia weather, like as hot as hell in the summertime. So of course I'm drinking a lot of water, and you know yeah. of course I'm peeing a lot. So I never put two and two together until that pre-employment screening. So yeah. So how did you how did you feel? Like that's that's my question. Like when your blood sugar is three ninety, obviously we know being high does not feel great. So like, did you like notice like looking back? any difference in like your mood or how you felt or how you operated yeah so working out wise i've i got like really winded quick but like i can't i still can't tell if i'm high or not like i don't get the feelings of like headaches or i just like pee a lot but granted i drink a lot of water in general like throughout the whole day so you know i can't really tell that what i'm high but i could tell i'm low no problem so it feels like i'm have like yeah. two two drinks 
a couple couple alcohol beverages in my system and feel like a little like hammy. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like Very I can't yeah I can't tell whatsoever. There was there was a couple like a couple times I've been up to like six hundred, and it was just like walking around like normal and being like you know hey what's up guys you know nothing. So I don't I can't it's 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 super weird. But when I did get diagnosed, I was uh, I think it was like eleven point five. And then, like, I was, like, having trouble breathing, working out. And so that's what kind of put two and two, 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 and two together. And I'd be drinking yeah. at night, like, three or four times at night. So, yeah. So that was that was that's how we crazy. got found out. Yeah. So so I know, you, I know you're going to school right now. So you're going to be a, trying to be a diabetic educator. So how's, how's the schoolwork going for that? Um, it's good. Uh, so, I, like, anything like, relating to my body or diabetes or – um, health and like science in general, I, I freaking love it. Like I can't get, can't get enough of it. So like I'm in like organic chemistry right now and everybody's like, Oh, this sucks. This is so hard. I, I love it. Like it's so fascinating to me. Um, so it's, it's going, I've got two semesters left and then I will be done. Um, and then I'll probably hopefully work for a little bit and kind of figure out what exactly I want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause obviously I want to get my CD. Um, there are a lot of different things that you can do with that. Um, so I, w- I want to try to get that figured out before I, um, and uh, I go into my, through my master's program and all that fun stuff. Yeah. You got, you got uh, plenty of time. I'm too. almost there. Yeah. You got, plenty, yeah, you got yeah. plenty of time. So, so how was, how was being a diabetic through like high school and college? Like, was it like a little bit different than middle school or, you know, how did you guys, how did you manage that? Uh, no. So once I got to high school, um, I, I kind of changed my mindset, um, about diabetes. Um, and I kind of forced myself to, um, view it as just something that was part of me. Now at first it was really hard and I, um, I was very good at, at it, uh, but I started like um, checking my blood sugar, like legitimately, uh, giving myself uh, shots. Um, actually, so in middle school, I was on a pump. Um, it was called a Delta Cosmo, um, and it was great. It was honestly still till one till this day one of my favorite pumps. Um, but I. <laughs> Sorry, that was my little daughter. Uh, uh, no, you're good. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um. So I switched from. I switched off the pump because it gave me too much freedom. Mm-hmm. Um. And I abused that freedom. Um. Because I could just give myself random amounts of insulin and be like, "Oh, I'm good. I'm fine." Um, so I switched off the pump and I was on, uh, and uh, I made sure to aim to the best of my ability, check my blood sugar, um, and give myself insulin every time I needed it. Um, and eventually I started, um, kind of learning that I enjoyed telling people about diabetes mm-hmm. um so like i would i would educate my friends um my teachers basically anyone who would listen um and a lot of that comes from my parents because they that's kind of what they grew grew up like teaching my classmates like in elementary school 
Um, and so I grew up kind of seeing that. Um, then I figured out I, I liked doing it. Um, and so like I was doing better, I guess, taking care of myself. And a lot of that was because I wanted to excel in sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I grew up playing um, soccer, baseball, um, and I switched, I think it was like in fifth or sixth grade, um, uh, to lacrosse. And so that became my new um, quote-unquote love. Um, so I played lacrosse from my fifth grade year to my sophomore year in college. Um, and I wanted to be good at that because it's something that I really, really enjoyed. And the only way I could was by taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because, I mean, like when you're high, you're lethargic, you're just kind of like all over the place. Um, and so I had to figure out how to manage my blood sugar during games when, because it's contact sport, people are swinging metal sticks at you. Um, and so I had to figure out like how to manage that um, along with uh, diabetes and like how to how to keep myself alive during the games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I did a lot of like research and experimenting. Because that's what diabetes is, just a experiment. Yeah, I'm a uh, fe- I'm a fellow lacrosse player too. So and, so I know I know how like oh nice yeah. So I've been pl- I've been playing for 22 years. Yeah, I still I still play. So I play like an old man's league. So I'm a lot older than you think I am. So. But, but uh but yeah so yeah it's definitely like a trying to figure out like okay what should you eat before working out oh no what should you eat before like playing and you know how to manage that and all that stuff so would, would you you were would you wearing like a cgm or the pump while you were playing at all or how did that work not not in high school um the technology wasn't wasn't good enough when i was in high school i don't think Dexcom was they might have had like their very first sensor out um but I don't think it was anywhere near where it was today, mm-hmm. um, especially in high school. Um, it would just be me. I, 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 I so like, um, I would have one one Dyson sub, um, and if I top my helmet like that, um, he knew to come in. So we, I'd, I'd go into the box and um, he'd step in for a second, um, and I. Check my blood sugar uh, and do whatever I need to do, whether it was drink juice. I would never like, give myself insulin while playing because um, that adrenaline afterwards would just drop me. Yeah. Um, and so it was it was really weird. I had to make sure that my coaches understood to the best of their ability. Um, so that was really difficult um, until I got to college. College was, was different. Uh, I played at DBU, actually, in the DBU across here. Right nice, nice. Um, and uh, I, I played there for two seasons. And um, I just got on the G4 when I started playing there. And um, one of the uh, assistant coaches, he would, he would, like, stand, like, on the edge of the field with, like, my, my uh, the little glucose CGM monitor thing. Uh, and, like, just kind of, like, keep an eye on me to keep it in a range because it didn't have great range back then. <laughs> uh, and then they would, they would like call me off if, if I was going low or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so college is a different story. I mean, it's still challenging, but in a different way because um, it's a much higher competition level. Yeah. Uh, but 
I I managed, you know. Um, my rate. I do so much when you're. <laughs> Yeah, when you're playing. Yep, yeah, definitely. That, I love that story. How the guy, yeah, your assistant coach, had the monitor like right next to the field, so he could check pretty much what your numbers were. So I thought that was that's yeah. pretty interesting. So, great. Yeah, hey. yeah. So, so when you were tra- when you were in college, like, how, what was like the workouts like for you when you were playing? Hey, so so what was the yeah? So uh, what were the work? What, I didn't really get it. So what was the workout programs that you guys did during in college for lacrosse season? Then I like I've always been active, but I never like really was into weightlifting until uh, probably my my sophomore year of college. Um, so my freshman year. Um, there's a bunch of um, the seniors each had a, um, a workout group or a huddle brother group or whatever. Um, and they would design or they wouldn't design. They would implement all of the workouts weekly. And so, like, we would all go um, up to the rec center or the uh, athletic center. And um, they would basically kick our asses <laughs> until um, we couldn't, couldn't walk anymore. Um it was it was awful, uh, but I I think that's what kind of got me into lifting because like in high school, um, like I I would I would I'd be one of the you know the average like teenage gym bro that would go in and like do curls and then leave because mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was that was what I needed to do. Like I'd never hit legs. I had like tiny little scrawny chicken legs. Um, until I actually learned how to squat, like how important the legs are to like athletically, um, and, um, just like in, in general, you know, their, their foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think one of my, one of my favorite lists is definitely squatting. So, um, I mean, like, uh, of, of what that will do. Um, and so I, I gave in, started squatting, um, and then I saw everything increase tenfold. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. So yeah. now I hit legs twice a week, sometimes three if I'm feeling lucky. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, so do you have, I, you have you noticed that, like, Sometimes squatting actually helps out with your bench press. Like, it gets gets your bench press stronger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 that that like. Into your whatever you're lifting, um, it's great. Like I finally right before all the Corona stuff. Um, happened. I, I finally hit a PR on, on bench that I hadn't been able to do in such a long time. Nice. Uh, and then now I'm afraid I'm going back. What it's going to be like? <laughs> so so after college, actually during college now, since you were not playing lacrosse, and like, so what are your workouts typically like right now? Like before um, before, so before the before the coronavirus. So pre coronavirus. Um, so I train 
five to six days a week if I can. Um, and it's, it's, I have a, I guess it's a modified push pull leg split. Um, and so the first three days of the split are always, um, heavy compound. So that's when I'll do my heavy squats, um, heavy bench press, um, and heavy deadlifts and stuff like that. Um, so I start my health, I'll finish with still compound, but less, less, uh, I guess taxing. Mm. Um, and then the second three days, um, I'll do more volume. Um, and so I'll try to just squeeze as much blood and that in the muscle as possible. Um, and I, I've only been running that split for, I don't know, probably two or three months, but I gained like, like three or four pounds on it. Nice. Um, of, of, I think it's muscle. It's muscle, um, and so I, I saw a lot of a lot of result, good results from that so far. Nice. Um, but that's, I think, hopefully, what I'll try to go back to once I can actually work out again in the gym. Yeah, yeah. So another another one you should try out. I I give this to my clients a lot. So you do you get on the leg extension and you do like twenty reps or enough to when it starts burning, and then you add another twenty reps on to that when it's burning even more. So you're doing like almost like 40 to 50 reps of doing the leg extension. So that definitely gets the quads that just like super swollen, like with, with a lot of blood and like you'll be super sore. Like I do a four set, I have my clients do four sets of that and that definitely kills them for like the next day. So you should definitely give that a, give that a try. Did you hear the section that I was uh, – so, so I have my clients do four sets of leg extensions, but they do it till they start burning, and then they add another 20 reps onto that as well. So they're technically doing like 40 oh. to 50 reps. So, yeah, definitely definitely a serious quad quad burn set the next day. You get some serious doms going. <laughs> Man, one of, one of my favorite uh, exercises that I, I – most um, so long wrestling ones on, on leg extensions but with the leg press um, I'll put I don't know four or five plates on either side um, and then I'll do I'll do eight reps and then someone will drop one plate off eight reps drop mm-hmm. another plate off eight reps eight reps eight reps until it's just the machine oh my god that that thing that that is brutal. Yeah, I've I've seen a bunch I of can't. people. I've seen that bunch of people do that, and it's yeah, it's. I I, I don't want, I want no part of that. So. <laughs> so um, it's great. Yeah, I love it. So now now for during the coronavirus, what are you doing for your workouts now? Um. So I don't have a home gym or anything. Um. So because I'm apparently not prepared enough. <laughs> but I. Uh, I, I have one resistance band, and I think it's like um, 30 to 50 pounds. Um, and so I'll use that and, and like straight up body weight. Um, and I've, I had to do a lot of research to figure out like, because obviously everybody knows like body weight squats, push ups, like lunges. But like at the end of the day, for me, that's, that's too easy. You know, I can do 10 rounds of those and be fine. Um, and so I had, uh, I'm, I'm currently in the process of teaching myself how to do like a freestanding pistol squat. Okay. Uh, because I don't have the balance for that. Um, but I've, I've, I like, 
every morning I go and try to find something that is like super challenging and like that you don't see on like you no. Know, is there a lot of like workout programs that I go do like um, push ups or like um, and then like close grip, down grip, whatever. Um, and I'm trying to find things that are either much more terrible than that um, or just like throw them together in a way that my body is just like destroyed afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like one of my, my leg days that I've been doing actually, let's see, let's see if I can find it. Um, it's awful. Have you ever heard of Ryan Fisher at all? I have not. Oh, you gotta follow. You gotta follow him. He has, he has an Instagram account, and he does like a body weight workout for everyone since like with the coronavirus is going on. And I think he's got like the next week is free. So you should definitely. His workouts are super hard. Yeah, like it's it's hard to find like workouts that challenge me. Um, and so I think that'll be that'll be good. Um, where is it? Here it is. All right. So this one is like um, twenty jump squats, um, super simple. And then it goes into um, eight pistol squats each, each leg, um, a wall sit with your calves uh, or with your toes like pointed mm-hmm. uh, in forty-five seconds. I think I because like wall sits aren't that hard. Um, yeah. But then I tried like this variation. I like. I died. I died, man. <laughs> um, and then you do lateral squats, um, like 15 reps each side, um, box jumps. I don't have a box, um, so I just use two chairs yeah. in my kitchen. That works. That works. Um, and then uh, Bulgarian squid, split squats, um, and then jumping like switch lunges. Okay. Um, or sit there lunges, where they call it for um, 40 seconds, and then I'm finally up to like, 45 seconds without dying yeah um but like it's actually really really hard and i feel like i'm getting a pretty good workout out of it um like my body because i i I did crossfit when i was like freshman high school Mm -hmm. um but my cardiovascular system is not what it was because i gotta go to the gym lift heavy shit put it back down and then move on you know yeah and so i wasn't challenging myself cardiovascularly Mm -hmm. um and now that I am, like, I feel like it's, it's hopefully I'll come out of this quarantine um, in better shape than I, I came in. Yeah, um, yeah. Because awesome. it's just a different type of, of lift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what's what been the problem with you with the pistol squats, just like balance-wise or? Yeah, and like my my – my knee wants to go over my toe um, whenever I drop down. Mm-hmm. Um, I've catcher uh, for five or six years, and so like, I'm I'm pretty mobile in my hips and then my legs. Uh, and but because of that, like mind, like or I guess muscle memory, I want to drop like straight down rather than like leaning back. Um, like sitting like on a chair, like you're supposed to squat. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just having trouble like forcing myself to do that. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried putting a, like a book on your heel and squatting that way? 
like underneath it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I, I uh, highly recommend doing that because what I do is if I have trouble, I used to be doing pretty good at pretty good at pistols, but then my right knee started acting up. So what I do is I put like a two and a half pound plate underneath my heel, which gives my heel a little bit of more of an arch, yeah. so you could actually get into that bottom part of the uh, of the pistol squat. So and you could use like good a idea. and you could use like a book or like a like, you know I don't know like a college book or something like that or something thick enough that can handle yeah. handle the weight and just squat down that way and that's a good way of you know kind of teaching yourself how to do a pistol squat. Yeah, that's a good idea. I I used to like use like plates um, at the gym and I'd I'd finish off like my leg days um, with um, goblet squats yep. with a, a plate underneath my my heels and just like burn out as many as I can. Uh, but I haven't actually thought about that. Doing that now. Yeah. <laughs> I read. I can use those. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So, um, how how's how's the uh, mental health game with uh, being stuck in, you know, kind of like, you know, staying in the house with with this coronavirus and everything. Um, I mean, I'll be honest. Like when I first like when we were all first like quarantine or whatever, um, I was like, this is great. This can be awesome. Um. It's gonna be fun. I've got time to do all these things that I I hasn't had time to do before. Um, um, but now it's like, get me out of here! Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm a very social person, um, and I love like hanging out with like friends and and, and doing things. And luckily, I have, I have two roommates, um, and they're some of my best friends. And so we we all work together, and and they're all very creative people. So we we. Like keep ourselves entertained, whether that's by mm-hmm. drinking beer or um, playing board games. Yeah, both. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, and one of them I, I work out with, or I try to work out with daily. Um, and he he grew up like been doing like body weight stuff for like past two years, and so he, he's good at what he does. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, if I need a, like a suggestion for a workout or something, he, he is good at filling me in. Um, but it's, it's been like last week was great. I, uh, I kind of gotten to routine. Um, but this week has been like, do I have to, like, I don't want to, like, yeah. I, I've had like, no motivation to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I've got, st- I still just like school and like, I just did a lab this morning for OCAM. Um, and I, I had to force myself to like sit down and, and read and and do everything that I needed to. Um, and so like this week has just been hard. So I think taking it day by day um, and being like, hey, it's okay if I don't do everything that um, I'm supposed to do mm-hmm. um, has been helpful for me. Like I've got a, a big whiteboard next to my desk and like I've just been t- writing down like, my daily tasks or, or my goals for that day um, and so if I don't hit a goal I mean that's okay like no one's gonna put me on a firing squad for it mm-hmm. you know just work on it tomorrow see if I can get better yeah um, so it's 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 been different man this is such a weird situation um, that I don't think really anybody has dealt with Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I'm in the same boat. Like, I'm, I'm great. I, I have my wife and my two kids. One, the one you just heard, they, she's 18 months, and so, and I have a five, soon to be five year old. So it's kind of like, 
I have to work and try to get everything done, but yet I have to watch like both my kids at the same yeah. time, and then like I really can't leave, and it's just like all all over the all over the place. And I'm trying to get as much work as yeah. I can do, can do, but you know you got to watch the kids, and you know your son's like I want to go outside and play, or I want to play superheroes yeah. and stuff, and it's like super taxing. There's some days I just I just want to go for like a drive or something like that. Just like just let me just go. I don't care. Yeah, I'll go just to, disconnect. Yeah, just give me to go. I'll go to Starbucks. I want a coffee. Just, just, just something. So, but yeah, it, it can be stressful, yeah. and, I, and it's stressful for my wife yeah. too because yeah, that's that's hard. Yeah, yeah. And she, it's stressful for my wife too because Say that one more time? yeah. So she's yeah. she's working from home. Well, she works too, and so she has to watch two kids while I'm upstairs in the mm-hmm. off like our bedroom, just like working. So yeah, oh man, that's I can't I can't even imagine. Uh, like I, I work with kids for, for a living, um, or did work for kids for a living, um, Corona kind of put an end to that. Um, and so I know how, how stressful that can be. Um, dang man, props to you and your wife. Yeah. Well, props to my wife. She's, yeah. She's the one that's doing all the work. So, but, uh, so um, so how do you, how did you get involved with the, uh, junior diabetes, the JDRF? Um, so I, let's see, I, so when I started this account, um, I just kind of started posting like life diabetes and like my day at the gym, like what, like whatever happened, I just kind of posted it to see what would happen. Um, and, uh, eventually, uh, JDRF Dallas uh, is, that's where I'm based. They, uh, like, hey, wait, could you come, like, be on, um, because at the time I was first getting a ton about um, exercise and fitness and diabetes and all that, and they're like, hey, would you um, come and do a, a um, fitness and nutrition um, panel with us? And so I was on there with Lauren Bongiorno, um, who else was there? Um, Gretchen uh, Stalker, type one, type 1 Happy on Instagram. And a few other people, and so that was like my my introduction to the JDRF, um, like work. Okay, very cool. I started the walks, um, and now. But that, like, being on on that panel was was the big thing that kind of sparked like I'm, i like doing this like i like talking about diabetes so why not why not do it for other people's benefit mm-hmm. um and so that kind of sparked my my interest in, in public speaking and um and jdrf specifically i was supposed to be at a few events but they're all canceled obviously yeah um but i enjoy it because i love talking to people and networking and, and socializing Especially with diabetes, it just makes everything so much easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really, really cool to meet so many different people who have so many different ways of management uh, when it comes to diabetes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's really cool. I'm lucky to be able to, to go to events and, and talk to people yeah. um, about that kind of stuff. Cool, very cool. So, how many panels have you been on since do, like since starting out? Um, I think I've been on nine or ten. Okay. 
because I know I remember the one I, I remember the one that you did with Rob Howe about the social media social media panel. Yeah, I think I, I don't but, know if that was like last year or whatnot. So I think it was. Um. So that's that's recently that's been my primary panel that I've been doing is diabetes and social media. Um. It's an, it's fun and it's usually always with Rob. Um. He's in Dallas too, so I I get to see him all the time. Not all the time. Probably not enough. Uh, but I uh, don't tell Rob about that. <laughs> I, I've been, for the most part, pretty good about. Um, I don't know. Social media is my, I guess, my thing now. Yeah. Um, so that's what people want to know about. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed you've been killing it on social on Instagram. So, how, how many followers do you have now? Um, I'm at. 13,000, 30, so 32,000, 30, 13,200, okay. yeah. give or take. Okay, cool. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. I've been slacking recently, like, with the corona. I feel like I should be, like, posting more and doing more, but I'm just like, eh, I don't want to take a picture. Yeah. So are you, so are you mainly worried about, like, you don't think that – since you're like during the like the lockdown, the quarantine, that like you don't think your content's gonna be good, or just just being just don't feel like you just want to post anything. Um, I think it's it's been more of like I feel like it's oversaturated, um, the the world of social media, um, because everybody's posting because that's all they have to, to do right now, mm-hmm. um, like entertain themselves. And so I, I don't, I don't know if, uh, what I have to say is going to be, I, I, I'm, I'm very authentic and I, I want a message about something, you know? Um, and so I, I don't want to just post BS and just be like, yeah, enjoy. Um, I'd rather it be impactful in some way or another. Mm-hmm. And so in order to do that, I have to figure out something that um, is going to be meaningful. And I think I, I'm overanalyzing it. I think it's, uh, at the end of the day, my account is following my life with diabetes. And I have my, my journey to not dying with it, but living a happier life, um, I guess. And so I think I'm trying to... Um, I want to start doing just like more like kind of like a daily vlog, I guess, um, of what I'm doing to keep myself entertained, whether that's working out or um, going on a walk or finding a dog on the side of the road to pet. Uh, just something, you yeah. know? Yeah. No, I can't. Just make sure that dog doesn't have mange or anything like that. So Yeah. <laughs> It's worth it. As long as it doesn't have Corona, I'm good. Yeah. So, so when did you notice how, like, your when your when your social media started to like really pop and you know just explode with like more followers, like more comments and like all that stuff? Um, it started growing because uh, I started it in 2016. So. social media but um educating people about diabetes and just encouraging them and um 
letting them know that, hey, you're not alone in this. Um, that's what I want to do. And that's that's what I have passion about. Um, and so probably I got I got lucky, like once I hit like 500 followers, I consider that um, and like once I, I hit that, I was like, yes, I made it. Um, and now it's crazy to like look back at like some of my old posts and like, did I, did I really do that? Um, and just see how, how like, what's the word? kind of in um and embrace me uh, that was that was really cool to see um and now i've got thirteen thousand and counting and there's like what is this um but i'm, I'm very thankful to to have all of it yeah yeah i mean i i've I, I was following you i think when you started tagging me on your post i think it was, i think you were at like eight thousand maybe and then like within like a two seconds you got you're already at 13 just like just like that so yeah it's insane so do you think those panels and like all that like you know all the content you're putting out does that do you think that really helped out with like people like knowing finding out about you or um yes and no uh gdrf is not great about it's not necessarily amazing promotion but like it's 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 not bad publicity i guess was I did a lot of blogs and a lot of um, pieces and like um, growing up with diabetes because I'm, I'm I guess an expert in that because I, I lived it yeah. um, and so I did a, a lot of um, small um, like pieces for a bunch of different accounts um, and I think that's what grew me um, the most uh, because a lot of small accounts and having like my name then a lot of people follow like those small accounts um and i think that's what um kind of get, got me the push to um grow um or that's i guess that's what grew me mm-hmm. so i think i think it's it was uh, the reaching out to like the, the the little guys and also like if you can get like beyond type one or jrf to, to post about you like that's uh, that's not like an everyday thing and that's that's hard to do yeah, um, yeah. and a lot of those the the people who run that are my friends now which is really cool um and like uh joining and going to like the conferences like that with uh with t1d chick and uh, push-ups and pumps um like if you can like get into the community and just like know the right people and like just be nice and friendly like yeah it's just it just pays to be nice so yeah definitely so how did you and how did you and rob how meet um he was actually at the very first jrf um type one or yeah type one nation summit in dallas that i um it was the nutrition one that i i spoke at fitness and nutrition um and i i had followed him on social media i actually like Followed him and unfollowed him like six different times because I wanted him to follow me back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, before this, and then I get finally met him, and my first like thoughts on him was like, "Wow, he's so tall. He's like six million tall feet tall." Um, and 
so that was that's the first time we met and, and talked to him and at the time i was i was running a small marketing company um with a buddy of mine and so that's kind of like our how we connected um i was like so what do you do he's like oh i run a, a marketing firm i was like oh i kind of do too um and then from that point on um he's he's become a mentor and like a big brother to me mm-hmm. um so I'm, I'm very thankful to have him uh in my life and i i still i text him all the time most of it's like super annoying just like hey 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 what are you doing just get a rise out of him um but um, um he's he's taught me a lot um navigating like the world of like social media and business and diabetes um because it's like you know when you grow up no one teaches you how to file ta- file your taxes you know no 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 yeah. and then you have to do it and you're just like what do I do? And he, he's kind of helped me figure figure all that stuff out. That's very cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. When I so when I when I got diagnosed, I really didn't have like anybody to like lean on to really, because like obviously like being getting so late, like I had a couple like nurses that I've talked to that were diabetic specialists, but you know they weren't diabetics, and I didn't really know like you know other ones available because I was just the, the only way I got into contact with like di- other diabetics was pretty much through social media and like you you know Rob yeah. Howe like T1D Chick and like a whole bunch of like other people so and it's and I always tell people if if they like I always like I always mention like when I was working at the ER when a kid's got newly diagnosed I always wrote down like people's like Instagram handles for the parents to look at so and obviously like yeah. I would put yours down I would put like Rob Howe's and like a whole slew of other people that are like diabetics and like I always tell them like you know they're more than welcome to like help you out or if you have any questions or anything like that like like I even like the funny thing is like no one even told me about like the um, the Lancet like you know the numbers that you like turn it to like see what the yeah, pressure is yeah. I, I thought that was how many times you use it and so <laughs> and so then like I went to eight and I started pricking myself but god I was like god that's really that, oh, got, that, that, that got deep and so then I would throw it out and try it again and start back from zero so it's like and then finally, someone told me like another diabetic. They're like, "No, that's like the pressure of like what the like what the lance is gonna hit you with." And I'm like, oh, "I'm like, oh, okay." And like, no one told me about changing lancets either because I had no idea about that either. And like, I literally went to CVS with a pharmacist, and we both try to figure out like how you're, it you're not alone in that. Yeah, and it's <laughs> and it's like I always ask people. Like, I I even there's another girl. I forget her name, but. I always had a question, like especially with her. She was like the mainly like, the first person. She's from South Africa or something like that. I, I, God, I wish I remember her name, but like I always had questions with her. She was going to be a doctor, and I always had questions about diabetes, and she'd be like always like super quick to respond back and like answer my questions and stuff like that, which was like super helpful. So yeah, it's 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 really cool. And like when I first started, I I was really close minded in my diabetes management. Like this is the way to do it. Like um, no other way will work. Um, and then I started meeting like Rob and all these people who did diabetes differently. Um, and I was like, Oh, that's, that's kind of a cool thing. Like maybe, maybe I'll try it. I tried it and it worked wonders, um, like much better than what I was doing at the time. Um, and so it's really cool to be able to manage themselves. Um, and obviously a doctor, but I I would rather try something for myself and see how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
hopefully get a better result out of it. Yeah. So what? So what cool it, to see that people. Yeah. So what has been helpful for you to like kind of like get get like a stable blood sugar, even though that's like super hard to get, but. Um. So I think for me, nutrition is always a, a big point. Um, I try to eat as healthy as I can. Obviously, I'll have a burger and and chipotle every once in a while because they're good and I like food. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to restrict myself uh, from having the cookie or ice cream because it's going to make my budget high. You know, I'll enjoy the sweeter things in life. Um, but nutrition um, plays a big. Uh, and things like uh, give yourself insulin um, 15 minutes before you eat um, that's huge and then just exercising regularly has I, I can tell like I went a week without exercising and my blood sugar and then I start exercising and it just it evens everything out mm. and it's it's especially like in stressful times like this or like finals week or whatever it may be, um, exercise plays a tremendous role in, in keeping my blood sugar stable. Mm-hmm. And drink a glass of water. Yeah, yeah. I drink. I probably drink about like, I don't know, five or six of these like shaker bottle, the like big ass shaker bottle glass like a day. Like yeah. no problem. So yeah. I've got this thing. It's technically a growler. It's made for like alcohol, but I just fill it with 64 ounces of water. And it's <laughs> awesome. Nice, nice. So, um, Last question. So, what do you want to tell a what, what would you tell a new onset diabetic of like how life's going to be for them? Um. So my first thing is life. Life doesn't change. Life isn't going to change. Um, it may seem different and difficult, um, and probably because it is, but it your hopes and your dreams and everything that you want to do it's you can still achieve that don't let anybody tell you that because you have diabetes you can't do anything um diabetes isn't isn't a roadblock just a detour just have to figure out another way around it um another way to do something um whether that's sports or school or academics school, um or owning your own business or running a ultra marathon i know too many crazy people who do that um, with diabetes and their blood sugars are like 120 the entire time and I don't understand how they do it Um, but anything is in your reach regardless of diabetes you just have to um, you know do a little extra in order to get there Mm -hmm. very cool very cool and where can everyone meet you or find you on like social media or you know if they have a question or whatnot uh, y'all can find me on uh, Instagram predominantly, um, everyday underscore T1D. Um, I'm also on Facebook, but no one really finds me on Facebook. Um, and then I think I will be launching something else soon, so I'll make an announcement when that happens. But we'll see. Not TikTok. You can't find me there. Don't, don't go on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, I refuse. Yeah, well, thank you very much for doing this uh, podcast with me. I really do appreciate it. So, Of course, man. It was my pleasure. Yeah, and hopefully the reception gets a little bit better next time if we do another one. So, All right, well, I, well, I, right, well that's the end of the podcast, and I hope you guys enjoyed. Have a good one.